So the sight of a dead pelican presents a potential omen for a difficult time in terms of resources. However, the dead pelican is not foretelling the future, but rather advising you that perhaps you could do better. (laughs) So what the fuck? No shit, pelican. You know what, pelican? I don't need you to die to tell me that. Are we recording? We're recording now. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That was a full... I want to say that was 15, 20 minutes? It was a long time of me trying to set up equipment remotely because (sighs) Busy and I are recording together in person in Los Angeles. Uh, In Los Angeles. (laughs) Wait, but by the way, first of all, my eyebrows look insane, but that's only because I am getting them lifted right now. Oh, you're getting... It's like a laminate... A lamination. Well, they're just like they're they're just in the in process. Okay, all in right. Process. Um, who's doing the lifting? You did it yourself, or no? I went to Christy Stryker. Okay, Stry- the Stryker sisters. The Stryker Stryk. sisters. Christy, um, she did my eyebrows. She always does my eyebrows when I'm here. Um, and I'm getting a bunch of spam calls. I'm not even going to answer. A lot of spam calls lately lot of, for everyone. I, I've noticed everyone complaining about it. Well, there's a, you know, it's a time. It's a time. It's, it's a, a time for time. Spam. I know. It's no, but been... I mean, it's a time for like, I think it's just a time. So I think that that the calls for fundraising have increased and spam for other things. Right. And people are fishing. And right. My mom just got fished. She did? And she, you know, mom, hi, I love you. Are when you going to be embarrassed that I'm saying this? When mom? she was on surgery drugs? Yes. Oh, She was on surgery drugs. What do you expect? Oh I was my like, gosh. Here's, here's a rule. Maybe everybody have this rule. If you've just had surgery, let's not answer any emails and or phone calls from like companies that you have accounts with. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's just wait a beat. Nothing yeah. needs your immediate attention. Right. They'll keep calling. They'll ke- and also, like, you'll know if they really do. Right. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Right. But my mom, I think, was she was just, and she felt, she feels so, she's like so embarrassed. And I was like, uh, please sh- don't be embarrassed. You literally be. are on Tylenol with codeine. Yeah. I would have given someone, like, my left tit. No. <laughs> Guys, this poor left hit of mine is really getting them. Getting a lot of press lately. Just so much press, the left hit. Just the left. <laughs> anyway, uh, but it's I'm just sorry for your mom. I yeah, know, that's too. that's really that's what a bummer. That's a bummer. And um it's re- I have the luxury of everyone that tries to like fish me has really terrible, ridiculous grammar. And so it it will always be like a robot voice just being like, you know. Your account is set expiring in, and you're like, wait, what? Yeah. That's not, no. Yeah. And the, telling me that there's a warrant against my name for my arrest. We we should say that we're Guys, if you at, hear a little whimper. <laughs> we're at Emily Beebe's house and her dog, Alfie, is um, just- Normally walk- a quiet little guy. Yeah. He's, and he's, he's walking around. He doesn't like that we're, we're doing this. 
or I don't know if he doesn't like that. I think he's just like maybe wants in on the action. Maybe he Alfie, just wants his. Do you you know what? Talk on the podcast. He wants his voice to be heard. He wants his like voice. Like so to be many heard. of us do. If you don't follow Emily BB on Instagram, you have to follow her because to see pictures of Alfie, he's like a movie star. He's, he does have ruggedly good looks. <laughs> He's so cute. And he, he has like cute. this, um, you know how like... He has a mohawk. Yeah, he has like a mohawk and like it, a a real movie star dog. I feel like they would glue a little fake mohawk on no, him. He's got it. He's but just Alfie got it. Has, naturally has this like legitimate But here's also mohawk, what I know mohawk. that about Alfie. He can never be a movie star because he doesn't do anything you ask him to. Yeah, that's true. He's his own man. He is, he is the king of his own domain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been like a heavy, heavy time. I was yeah. like, you know, I uh, was in New York and had gone to the um, abortion rally and I posted on my live. Um, Thanks, guys, for watching it. Those of you who were able to watch it, my talks with lots of the people at the rally who were providing really good information actionable items and then bb was there with me and then we like kind of went almost immediately to the airport and got on a late flight here right and then yeah like the buff the news of the buffalo shooting was kind of like breaking and i feel like a little bit you know it is one of those things right like not that we ever are the people I'm talking about us, you listening, me, Casey, the collective, we are people who are going to become desensitized to this kind of like real tragedy and like real human lives lost, you know? Right. But in this moment in time, it is really hard to like even keep track. You know what I mean? Like, right. You see, like, I saw, like, one headline as we were, like, heading to the airport. And I was like, there's a shooting shit. Right. But then didn't, like, you know what I mean? Like, it didn't even, I didn't have the space, the bandwidth at that moment to even, like, all right, Alfie, you know what? <laughs> we're talking about something, something serious. serious, Alfie. Alfie. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that that's what can, that's what's happening now with these, like, shooting, mass right. shootings. Right. Especially. And, like, this one's so fucking, you know, like racistly motivated no question what it's about no a hundred percent like this kid's fucking manifesto like the fact that he was new york has like a lot of these i mean i really i don't know what to do here i think we just have to live with alfie guys yeah we have no choice here in this matter Maybe if I pet his mohawk while I'm talking. Maybe. Um, I was just going to say, like, New York has one of the, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know a ton about gun control, but I do know that they have things in place, laws in place. Right. Like where they have this, like, the you know, red card or whatever, where that kid should not have been allowed to access uh, if he had gotten flagged, you know, right. which he had been in trouble with. the Like the police knew who he was. Right. right? But they didn't pull that that thing. So he was able to get a fucking AR-15. There are so many details. Like I just read today, I think like the person that sold him the gun or the gun shop owner says he feels sick. And why would a kid do that? The fact that he's being called a kid when, you know, if 
it had been an 18-year-old well, first of all, yes, per- person but, of color, right. it would be, be called a man. A hundred percent. But here's what I actually, <laughs> I don't know if this is going to be, you'll tell me, Casey. Like, I, I actually would prefer that we call everyone under the age of 25 a, a kid because that's what you are. You're not. Right. Because right, their and, brains aren't grown right, in and, yet. Yeah. And treated as such. And yes, like the media is so much of the issue here in terms of how things are labeled, how people are labeled and how, um, you know, the perpetrators of these, these white perpetrators of these hate crimes, these horrible mass shootings um, are treated as opposed to, you know, a victim of police brutality. Right. Being shot and how they're portrayed right. in the media. Right. Yes. This is like all a part of a thing. However, I would like argue, like, I would say like anyone under the age of 25 is a kid. Their brains aren't right developed. Right. And that, I mean, this is something that has been long studied is that, you know, people often perceive particularly black kids to be older um, than much older than they are. And then, you know, on the other, the flip side of the coin is that we we call like a 35 year old white guy a kid you know like oh he's he's young he's just starting out he made a mistake okay I'm... <sighs> now I want to talk about the thing that I didn't talk about last week okay because I just feel like as parents like maybe this is valuable to someone listening yeah you know I went through an experience as a parent where I was not I don't think as strong of an advocate for my kid in the beginning, in the yeah. onset of the situation, as I now realize I should have been. <clears throat> because I do think that, like, as parents, we are, a lot of parents tend sometimes to be very quick to defend their own child without, like, even questioning a thing, right? Right. Okay. Which a little bit has to do with what I'm about to talk about, which is that like, I really, I really like the way this, the school that we're currently in has like handled situations that I've seen as they've, as they've presented themselves. Yeah. But (sighs) Bertie came home from school a few weeks ago, several weeks ago and said, oh, you're going to get an email from the principal because like I had to go in there and talk to her today with this other kid because um, I like got in trouble, kind of got in trouble, but I don't know, whatever. And I was like, well, what happened? And Bernie's like, well, I called him a misogynist and like I used like the F word and uh, I guess like his parents like called and told on me for calling him a misogynist and using the F word. And I said, my question was, well, why, why did you call him that? Right. And Bertie was like, well, because he is, and he is gross to girls. And he was like doing this thing outside of my math class door like a couple weeks earlier 
where he was like saying my name and then making like lewd gestures. Right. And like blowing kisses. And he was doing like the thing where he made like a circle and the put his finger in it, like right. fucking, you right. know, whatever. And I was like, whoa, that's really gross. Yeah. And I'm sorry that that happens. Like, you don't deserve that, you know? And so the dean and Bertie was like, yeah, well, I told the principal, like, when I went in there, what had happened. And then he started crying and said that I was lying and that that didn't happen. Hmm. And I don't need to tell you what color this kid is, do I? (laughs) I I'm just saying he's a white boy. Yeah. Okay. Weeping. Would have been my guess. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, I'm illustrating. I want to illustrate a point. Yeah. I got on the phone with the principal and I guess how they left it in the prince in in her in the office was that she was like, he's like weeping. Bertie is a liar. I would never do that. I've never done anything like that's Bertie's lying. Okay. And I know Bertie to be many things. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes Bertie is almost like truthful to a fault. Do you right, know what I mean? Right. Sure. So and also Bertie just wouldn't in that moment like make that thing up. It's right. just that's not who that kid is. I just know whatever. And so then the principal said, well, luckily we have cameras. Right. So we can just check and look. So she calls me and she's like telling, she tells me her whole side of the story. And I'm like, I already know all of this, which lined up exactly to what my kid told me. Yeah. I was like, I already know all of this. Bertie came home from school and told us. And uh, the principal was like, okay, well, you know, and I was like, I'm going to stop you. I'm confused as to why Bertie was called in with him. And she was like, well, you know, really trying to like, just, I want to make sure that like, you know, I'm trying to get to the bottom of it, you know, and his parents were quite upset that he was called a misogynist and that Bertie had sworn. And I was like, okay, first of all, did they ask him why Bertie would say that? And she was like, well, I'm not sure. I said, did you, before calling Bertie in, did you ask him why, why Bertie would call him that. And she's like, well, no. And I said, okay, here's the thing. And I mean this with a great deal of respect to you because I know you have a lot of things to juggle. And I'm sure getting calls from parents all the time who are like, you know, donating a great deal of money or whatever. This is not a both sides situation. Right. right. Like, Bertie is well within any, there's nowhere in the handbook that says, saying to someone that they're a misogynist, they have misogynistic behavior, is, you know, punishable it's or not actionable. A, it's not bullying. That's not bullying. For That's standing up for yourself when you've been on the receiving end of harassment, right? Right. And, uh, and she was like, well, yeah, I guess so. And I was like, but then I was like, my heart kind of sunk. And I was like, but also, did you look at the tapes? Because then I was like, fuck, what if my kid has lied? Okay. Right. And she's like, I did. I did look at the tapes. And um, I haven't returned back to talk to the kids about it yet. Because I really wanted to, like, talk to you and and then the other kids' parents. And, like, I really... And I was like, okay, but what was on the tapes? Did you see something? And she's like, yes. You can definitely see there are some, like, hand gestures. And, like, there's, like, kissing. And, like, there's, like... It's weird, like, through the... And you can see that Bertie's, like, 
not pleased about it. But this specific like lewd gesture that, and I was like, I'm going to stop you again. I got to stop. I'm so sorry. I got to stop you. What you're saying to me is that what you saw was the kid making some gestures and like kissing and whatever, calling Bertie's name and trying to get attention and Bertie looking uncomfortable in a classroom. So I actually don't give a fuck if he did the like finger through the whole gesture, right, the right. lewdest of the gestures that Bertie had described. Right. Because what he was doing was trying to humiliate Bertie and was like sexually harassing right. Bird. And that was how it was received by Bertie. Right. You know? Right. And he clearly knew that Bertie was not, this was not something that Bertie was desiring. Right. Right. And she was like, well, I know I just, you know, it's just, it's hard for me because and I was like, it shouldn't be, it really shouldn't be. And I'm sorry that he sat in your office and cried, but like it is one and a half steps to that kid turning into Brock Turner. Now, did I go too far? Maybe guys, but maybe not. Right. Because what it is, is this like infantilizing white boys and taking like their feelings and needs, putting that above everything, else. everything else, everyone else and everyone else. And I was like, furthermore, I don't need to fucking tell you the principal. Like I can walk down the street at 345 p.m. behind every you know, middle schooler in your school, and I'm hearing more swear words than in my own home. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like every kid swears. Right. Because because she was like, well, you know, swearing is though in the handbook. And I was like, sure, sure. But show me a middle schooler in your grade that doesn't swear. Like, I, it's just not possible. Right. Like, and so for these parents to call, and so then she was like, well, okay, maybe... Like, she was, like, trying to figure it out herself. Right, right. And to me, that is, like, and I said this to her. I was, like, to me, this is, this conversation alone is so endemic right. of what happens to these kids to make them feel as though they are like the most important, their feelings, their whatever, they are, they have the right to do whatever the fuck they want. And furthermore, like, as their like parent, as the parent of those kids, to say to, you know, for him to like say, I don't even know how it comes up, right? Right. That he says like this, kid in my class called me a misogynist and like was like you're a fucking misogynist how does that even come up you know what I mean yeah I don't know but for the parents to be like oh that is unacceptable instead of saying instead of saying well, why would what'd you do why would that kid say that yeah yeah it's I mean it is I get it. Like, I get as a parent, you want to be on your kid's team. I get it. But, like, <laughs> we really do have to just start asking those questions and we have to stop excusing excusing that behavior. I swear to God, every at every turn with my phone conversation, it was like 
she was giving me another excuse. And I'm like, again, I'm going to stop you. This is rape culture. This is what you're enabling. Right. Right. Like, I know that when you're thinking about it in your adult brain, you're like, I mean, a kid like blowing kisses and doing, he is humiliating Birdie, trying to humiliate Birdie because of their sex organs, the sex organs that Birdie has. Right. 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 This is a kid who like, you know, refused the pronouns thing was like, you know, has been sort of tough in yeah. in those ways. Yeah. And hasn't been, I don't think it clearly, it hasn't been made clear to him that he's not allowed to behave that way. Right. He's not allowed to disrespect right. someone else. And by the way, this is... I'm sure not to the kids. I'm sure not to Birdie. But this is such a, a common thing and yes. could have been such a small thing. Yes. Literally, why did they say that about you? Let's look at the tape. Don't ever do that again. Totally. We don't do that. A hundred percent. And by the way, if you see one of your friends doing that, you stop them. Don't ever, ever do that. Oh, my God. Casey, did you see what I was doing when we were starting the podcast? You were doing your olive and June cuticle serum. I was with cactus flower. Guys, listen. I love me some olive and June. Everybody knows that we love olive and June. I uh, have been really working on my nails um, because I have taken the fake ones off. Yes. And I'm committed to my nail health and regrowth. And I find that this Olive and June Manny system has been honestly making it so much easier because it's actually super fun to do. And uh, it comes with all the tools that I need. And so I've got it all right there at my fingertips. Yeah, and it's just a good, well-designed product. We did a little Busy Phillips is doing her best workshop, like a Manny 101 workshop with Olive and June. So many of you learned all these Manny tips and tricks and have been sending us pics of your Mannies and they look so, so great. But the good news is Olive and June does those all the time. So it doesn't have to be through us. You can just check their Instagram and learn how to paint your nails so that like they a pro. look professional. But they do look professional also just because... They have, the polishes are amazing. They like don't chip. They have this, they're just like the perfect consistency. Yeah. It's just real. They they just go on so easily, guys. They're incredible. We love the Olive and June Manning system with six polishes. The colors are so cute. So good. Quite partial to the green right now. I'm a fan. And it's going to save you money in the long run. Getting beautiful salon perfect nails at home is a dream come true with Olive and June. Your new nail life is here, guys. Visit oliveandjune.com slash busy for 20% off your first Manny system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash busy for 20% off your first Manny system. podcast how to buy a home podcast so one of my crazy covid dreams was about 
like a home being sold. And it was like terrifying me. And I kept asking the guy how much the house was for sale. And he was like, it's $8,000 a week. And I was like, but what, how much does that mean it's for sale for? It was like literally a buying a home nightmare. nightmare. You should have called David Sedoni, the host of How to Buy a Home, the podcast, because he could have reassured you that your dream was just that, a dream. Just a fever dream. And he could have also helped me by telling me the reality of the nightmare that some people are finding the housing situation in 2022. Right. Buying a home is daunting. It is daunting. But you know what? There is good news because when you listen to How to Buy a Home, the podcast with David Sedoni, he offers a clear, concise path to navigate the home buying process, like how you even do it in 2022. I almost said 2020. Did you hear me? <laughs> but how, how you even do it in 2022? What if you're not, what if I'm not ready yet? How do I know when I'm ready? How do I start? Where do I start? Can I buy a home if I have a shitty credit score? The answer is yes, by the way. He's helped making uh purchasing your first home a reality for so many people. He's got great interviews with listeners like Randy, episode 71, had no job, zero credit a year ago, just closed on a $200,000 three-bedroom home on half an acre after contacting David for help. I love that. David can help you no matter what stage you're in in your life. He can even connect you with a great realtor in your own area. So get the latest on how to buy a home podcast and make sure that this is the last year that you rent. Listen to the How to Buy a Home podcast today. Find How to Buy a Home on YouTube and wherever you listen to podcasts. But this like idea, and so she was like, the principal was like, well, I just like made it clear that like they needed to steer clear of each other. I was like, my child did nothing wrong. Right. You understand. Right. When you do this, you are both sizing it. Right. You are making his like feelings on par with that of the person he was harassing. Right. Right. And like that is how you're continuing to perpetrate these fucking assholes onto into the universe. Right. And so we're talking about this like relatively isolated incident in like a very fine school that is, you know, I mean, the best kind of school you could hope to send your your kid to. And then like now extrapolating it to just everything. And like this incident in Buffalo is just like, I know that that 18-year-old man or kid, whatever you want to say, talk about both sides in it. He literally wrote a manifesto saying every reason he was doing what he was doing. And people are still like, we have to figure out why he did that. Oh, my God. I cannot. I cannot. I cannot. And that's what I said to her, too. I was like about this other situation, which is like, obviously... Here's what I'm saying. Like, there are degrees. Like, I brought up Brock Turner in my phone conversation because there is a fucking direct line to how these kids are treated, how these boys are treated in elementary, middle, and high school, and what they perpetrate on the world as adults. Like, I'm sorry. I get, I'm really. 
disgusted by the continuation of the media needing a thing to just talk about. And so they're just both sidesing all of these fucking issues when there is one side. Right. That's it. And refusing to address this thing that it's a crisis. It's a crisis. It's, I mean... White supremacy and racism is a fucking crisis in this country. Yes. It has, the fires have been stoked. This is the same thing, like... My therapist is reading a book on fascism and like what like different fascist, you know, rising of fascist regimes in history because she's like, I'm having such an issue right now trying to wrap my head around what's going on in this country. And she's like, we have we are the perfect storm. It's like economic, you know, downtrodden, economically, you know, factory jobs gone away, like people, uh, you know, looking for something, but also not having their own needs met. Um, you know, the education systems in the gutter, like all of these health, there's no health care, like all of these things adding up to the perfect fucking storm for for someone like Donald Trump to come in and say, like, point the fingers. And then that gives rise to all of these other people who glom on or become a part. I mean, this Tucker Carlson question, you know, thing that people are talking about too. Right. It's like, I've sort of never really paid attention to that guy. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I don't. He's just noise. Yeah, it's just noise to me. But then when you watch these clips that I've been watching over the last like day and a half or whatever, I mean, this is brainwashing. Yeah. This is how brainwashing works, guys. It's dangerous rhetoric. And, you know, then we get back to, like, everyone's obsessed with free speech right now. And, you know, which we've talked about on the podcast before, free speech isn't exactly what people think free speech is. Free speech just means you can say what you want without... Uh, worry of being punished by the government. Like it doesn't, it doesn't mean that speech is without consequences. It doesn't mean a lot of the things that people try to say that it means. And it's, it's frightening because it does have consequences. We're seeing the consequences. And then, you know, well, speaking of the media, I mean, I was just watching today this reporter, and forgive me, I can't remember his name, but a black reporter on CNN was reporting from Buffalo and throwing it back to the studio in CNN. And, um, you know, and the anchor was just who I also don't know her name, um, a, a nice lady, a nice blonde lady, uh, was uh, just saying, you know, like, just asking him like what it was like there. And he said he got choked up. He broke up and said, you know, I've done 15 of these in a year, 15, and I'll probably have more before the year is over. And he was like, that's all I could remember to count 15, 15 times. And, you know, and there's always like a quote unquote reason that, people try to pin it on but like this this kid he told us his reasoning and then it's very ironic because you see 
people are like, well, he's mentally ill. Like the, the people that fight gun control, fight any type of regulation, fight any type of health care are like, well, he's mentally ill. And then it's like, you believe in mental illness now? Now, now you believe in mental illness? Like what should have been done? What should have been done? Well, act- they, nothing because they actually, they actually are in line with his ideology. Right. That's what it comes down to. Right. And we should, and as everyone always says, famously has said, you know, we should have known when kindergartners were killed at Sandy Hook and nothing was done, that nothing would ever be done. And so it's a right fucking mess. And I am just so brokenhearted. I have good friends from Buffalo and they're just talking about their community and like how important that store was in the community. There are so few stores to shop at that that was like a popular, you know, that's why so many people were there. And just the fact that like now today I read that he had gone and scoped out the place Mm -hmm. ahead of time. Mm -hmm. But um, it's just, it's really fucking heartbreaking. Just beloved I don't know. This might be controversial to say. This young man, this man, legal adult, old enough to buy a gun. His parents didn't do this shooting. But it is striking to me that so many of these people that were lost, I'm seeing their families and their families know everything about them. Every detail of who they were and how they were and what they meant to their families and what they meant to their community. And, you know, people are just coming out. And I'm like, what did that kid's parents know about him? Like, how do you... Well, this is what... Yes. And this is, like, what I want to, like, again, sort of tie back to why I'm talking about this situation with my own kid. Is that there is a generosity allowed toward white boys. Right. That is like no other. And and some white girls too, sure. Yeah. Yes. Let's be. And white women take a generosity for themselves because they benefit from all of this bullshit. And white women take a generosity for themselves because they benefit from these, yes, from this, from white supremacy. But the generosity, like, even in just talking to some friends, I mean, because you're an exceptional parent, you are, you and Matt are exceptional in how you've parented your kids. I think in large part, Eli's like early sort of struggles when he was like a preteen. Yeah. Is pro- mate pot possibly part of the reason maybe you would always have been that way I don't know like but I know that that was like a real like wake up how could you not then be involved like really involved in your kids shit yeah I mean I think for sure it kind of like flipped a switch because it was like you know we were well we were telling ourselves a lot of things that weren't necessarily the truth 
because it was more comfortable to say like, everything's fine and everything's great. And that kid wasn't doing great. And so that's what I'm saying. That's exactly it. It's more comfortable always as a parent to be like telling your, making up, drawing your own conclusions. Yeah. It's the equivalent of doing your own research, guys. Yeah. (laughs) You know, where you're like, if you go to the websites that, uh, that parrot back to you the answers that you want. Right. Like, you can justify anything. Right. You know what I mean? That's what we're seeing in people. And so with your kids, like, if you're the kind of person who's like, well, I'm sure X, Y, Z. Well, my kid is X, Y, Z. I'm sure that, you know, it's just being quiet in his room, da-da-da-da-da, it's fine. Right. And you're not, like, involved. You're not, like, seeking out the answers. Right. Why do you think your kid deserves privacy? (laughs) I'm serious. Yeah. I mean... To a certain extent, yes, but... But... You gotta fucking know. Right. Right. You gotta know the shit your kid's into. You gotta look at their... You gotta troll their friend's social media accounts. Yeah, you have to know. You have to know who these people are becoming and what kinds of messages they're getting. Yeah. And what kind of like, you know, what their presence is and what they're watching and look at their search things. Right. And I know kids search are... Things? Is that right? Is that <laughs> right? Yeah, search, search things. things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Great, that's great. That's Busy. what we call it on Web3. Um, I know kids are crafty as fuck. Of course. You know? But I just... Here's the thing. From what I've read, I do know that some things were brought to their attention before. And uh, I don't know these people. I don't know what they did. I don't know what their life was like. But I do know that something was brought to their attention before and apparently wasn't taken seriously enough to prevent this from happening now. And so now everyone has to live with it. This community has to and live with it. It's the wrong thing to say. They have to live without. They have to live without 10 incredibly important people in their community. Children have to live without parents, grandparents, sisters, moms, dads, everything. And I don't get it. Like, I don't It's so American. You know, it's like, it's the thing that we keep talking about, about, well, about abortion rights. Like we were told to not be hysterical about it. And I'm sure that when you hear something about your kid or you see something, like you want to not freak out. You want to not think the worst. But, oh shit, is it better to like think the worst and to freak out a little bit yes. and maybe embarrass yourself. Yes. Yes. Th- yes. I, that's because, I mean, now it's n- now what has been done cannot be undone for any of these people that it's been done to. And we're going to fucking talk it to death about the reasons for it. And like, we don't need to. We know the reason. He said the reason. That was that was allowed to grow in him and he was allowed to purchase all the tools he needed and he was allowed the freedom to make a plan and 
you know, obviously he had access to transportation. You know, the, I told you the thing that that therapist told me a couple, a year and a half ago, right? About access. Oh, did I, maybe. Did we talk about it on the podcast? Well, remind us in case. Well, you know, um, we'd had, you know, it's been a hard time mental health wise. And I just want to say, like, if any of you at home are listening and you're like, my kid has seemed off and it's the pandemic and I've just been just get the kid help. Like, like, just let's normalize this shit. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with them. Like, this has been an extraordinarily overwhelming time. And so many kids like need someone to talk to, yeah. need skills yeah. to help them get through it. If you have access, just take advantage There's of it. There's so much free uh, mental health care availability for kids. Right. So much. Call your fucking school and say, like, who's the do you guys have a therapist? Are you, you know, lots of school districts still are able to have therapists on staff. Do you have a therapist on staff? Do you have a therapist in that, you know, that you refer people to ever that you've worked with in the past? Right. Like, call your pediatrician, your kid's pediatrician, and ask them. Like, they have places. And then there are places like Child Mind Institute that you can go to online that provides free services and has sliding scale services for children. Right. And sliding scale, if you don't know, is like, you kind of like, that you know... A, pay what you are able to pay right. for services and then like people who are able to pay more pay more um so i'm just saying like i a little bit i a little bit will not actually go ahead with like if you're able to mm. you everyone it should be fucking able to because there are it there are it is in place yeah to find free mental health services for kids. It is in place. It's whether you have to do a little bit more work. Right. You might. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is like just... Anyway, the point being, I just feel really strongly about it because, I mean, I've been reading, following... Have you been following that, like, New York Times ongoing uh, series about the mental health crisis of kids in the United States, kids and teens and young people. I haven't been reading that. Well, it's really fucking depressing. So I don't know mm. if you want to, but, uh, but like a year and a half ago, you know, there had been, I don't know. Did I talk about this? That a kid that we knew had like, um, made an attempt. Yeah. Um, and we talked to, one of Birdie's therapists, just like, we're scared, you know, like we right. don't, we don't have any reason to believe in this moment that Birdie's would be planning anything or whatever, but we're just like, I'm freaked out. This right. is like someone that we know. And what do we do? And she told me this super interesting thing, which is that like, they have found there is research that has proven that even five minutes I think I did say this on the podcast, but even a delay of five minutes can change a child's decision. Right. And so her, she said, I said, well, what does that even mean? And she was like, well, here's what you're going to do. You're going to get like, you're going to go to the hardware store today and you're going to buy some lock boxes, like buy a big one if you can. And every like prescription medication, Tylenol, Advil, um, and every sharp object <laughs> goes into this lockbox. Right. And that's where it's going to live. Right. Like, for a while. Right. And maybe forever. Yeah. 
because the access, you want to cut the access off. Right. And make it just a little bit harder because if you make it a little bit harder, like the research shows, kids change their fucking mind. Right, which dovetails exactly with, like, the availability the gun con- of, gun of guns. It's the same as fucking brownies. If you have brownies in the house, you're going to eat brownies. Oh, God, if I have cereal in the house, forget it. it see? It, <laughs> I mean, if you have a gun, it's going to get used. If you, you know, and you have to think about, like, the type of person that is, you know, that is collecting guns or collecting brownies. Like, obviously... You know, there's some interest in it and there's some some forethought. And so it just makes sense. If you have access to something, there's a higher likelihood that it would be used in a moment of weakness or passion or whatever you right. want to whatever you want to call it. But that's why we're begging for it to become a little harder. But this is like, but this is like, it is all the same fucking thing, right? Because it's like begging for gun control and they're like, nothing, nothing. Right. Nothing's going to be done. The majority of Americans want sensible gun control. Right. Look nothing. at how many fucking drugs you cannot get. Like, I'm sorry. I just think that there are so many drugs, medicines that could be over the counter Guys, you can't even buy my fucking face laser in the U.S. You know right. what I mean? Yes. And you have to get a, pres- like, do we need to make guns by prescription only? Like, you have to really demonstrate that you would need a gun to get one? I don't fucking know. But it's just, the access is insane. And, you know, to hear that a person that sold a gun is sick to their stomach because it was used in a horrific massacre. You know what that guy gets from me? A big fucking eye roll. Yeah. What did you think it was going to be what used did you, for? What did you fucking think, motherfucker? You Now, you have to know that there's a chance. Every time you hand a fucking gun over that counter, that there's a chance. Every time you sell ammunition. Exactly. That's what it's for. And so just the fact that this kid had so much gear and... And had clearly detailed these plans like... Right. I mean, it didn't. it doesn't seem like he was quiet. About no, it. no, it's just, uh, God, it, we, we both, if you're feeling like we're feeling, by the way, we both posted and on the, the podcast Instagram page, we just posted a link to like local community charities that are doing things for the families of, um, the victims of the tops market shooting and also just for the community because I guess it's, it, you know, the market now is like a crime scene investigation. So um, they're even like uh, just moving to like be able to get groceries to people in the community that, imagine. that need to still have groceries. And so it just, in the midst of everything else, in the midst of a really difficult time, these are the times when I'm just like, I don't, I just don't know. I just don't know how to manage it all. And I don't know how, I just don't know how people are managing it. It's, um, it's impossible. It's overwhelming. It's, it's overwhelming and it's, it's impossible to even, 
you know, going back to like raising our kids and like my son's difficult time, Mm -hmm. I also realized that like, I realized that like my life, my kid's life could change in a fucking minute for like any of a million reasons and how much I hadn't thought about that before. And then I realized how Hmm. black parents must feel Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because I hadn't been... I hadn't been afraid to put my kid outside in the yard before that. Um, I hadn't, I hadn't really, I hadn't been thinking like that. And so when I realized that like, you know, and this is not to scare anyone. It's just the fact that like your life can flip in a second for any number of reasons. So many parents have been sitting in a doctor's office and gotten a diagnosis of something they didn't expect. There have been accidents. There have been all kinds of tragedies. Mm. But you don't... Sometimes mm. you're able to just, like, cope and live mm. and and um, and just go about your business and not think about that too much. But I really had that moment with my son where I was like, <laughs> he, anything could change in a second and he's a million times safer than a little black boy being sent out of of the house to get on the bus or to walk to school or wh- and like so i i don't know if this like it's hard to say this it's hard for me to articulate in the right way to realize that like what i love my kids so much i love them more than anything in the world and i know that Mothers of other children love their kids more than anything in the world. And so to look and be like, why is my child valued more? Like, why is he safer? Why do I have to worry 90% less or 99% less than another mother who loves her child as much as I love my child? And so that's when we just started talking like real talk, like here's why you have a phone. It's to call if someone's in trouble. Mm-hmm. And I think I've talked a little bit about this on the podcast, saying like stuff that I told my kids, like if someone is being harmed, like if you can get an adult to help, yes. But if it's just you, you have to get in there and try to stop it. And people were like, are you fucking crazy? <laughs> like, are you, but, but, to tell my kids, like, if you see trouble, run away and no. don't do it. I, it just didn't feel right for us. It didn't feel right for me. And so there were conversations. And um, I don't know. I don't know. I still don't know. We were really lucky. I just think what you said, like, I I just, like, want to... <laughs> I'm, am I Oprah-ing right now? <laughs> Maybe. But I just want to repeat back what I think is, like, the piece that is so fucking valuable for parents. And it's the thing that like I have also done with Birdie. And this is like, I just am going to say this because I don't know who needs to hear it today. But you got to get fucking real talking to your kids. Right. It's not, it's not enough to say like, how is school? Right. Oh, cool. Like blah, blah, blah. You have to like actively Make yourself fucking uncomfortable. Right. Do you know how uncomfortable I've been with some of these fucking conversations that I've had with my child? And and how like you have to be you have to be ready to get an onslaught of like none of your fucking business. Get away from me. Fuck right. you. 
Right. Blah, 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 blah. And you have to like continue to go back again and again and again with new fresh ways of right discussing things which by the way they're gonna do to you no matter what 100 whether it's about something or something that's nothing and like and like asking specific questions like with cricket now i say things and i'm like do you know what sex is cricket right because i know cricket's like watching has been exposed to more things than birdie right was at that age at because that age. just because being around older kids like watching Heartstopper with Birdie or whatever you know and Cricket Cricket will be like of course and then I'm like well I know this is so weird but like what is it right you tell me what you what is it what is it just tell me what do you think it is I don't want to do that I'm like I know but just for my sake just tell me because like I want to make sure you have the right information right because if you have like bad information well that that's no good and right. I know the right information. Right. So like even like little kids, and I know that people are like, do th- I know people sometimes think like their kids can't handle it. I remember when my friend, you know, committed suicide and our kids were in third grade and, you know, some of the parents were angry. Right. That the right choice was made to tell her child right. and like my child knew like what had happened. Right. And parents were upset. And I was like, guess what, guys? Like, first of all, go fuck yourself. Right. <laughs> it's not about you. It's not about you. And secondly, like, if you don't, if you let these things live in mystery, right. They draw their own fucking conclusions. Right. And those conclusions are sometimes they do their own research. Right. Hashtag do your own research. Right. And those and that hashtag do your own research can lead down some real fucked up roads. As we're seeing. As we are seeing. Yeah. So and listen, they can be, I, and you can be like led astray so fucking easily. So easily, especially young impressionable kids are stupid. They're so dumb. So, you know, that's why we nag them all the time. That's why we have to be on their shit all the time. That's why you're constantly on a kid's jock because they're stupid. And we just said their brains don't grow in until they're 25. Like, like we've been told this time and time again, like about how careful teen drivers have to be because their brains are not fully developed and how maybe wild it is that people are allowed to drink when they're 21 legally because their brains aren't fully developed yet. And so... Yeah, so bad decisions are made all the time. Think of the bad fucking decisions you made when you were 15, oh 16, God. 17 years old. Just like really easily too. Like I I wasn't a bad kid, but Lord knows I was in a million bad situations just because I was like going along to get along or whatever. So I don't know. I don't know if we did the right things with our kids, but that's what we told them. That's what we told them. Like if you ever see someone in trouble... Uh, you know, you have to get in there. You have to do something about it. You can't walk away from it. And also, like, yeah, sometimes insert yourself into a situation where you don't necessarily have to, but you know what could happen. Hiya, health. Do you know that um, 
I've never, after the whole debacle of giving Birdie gummy vitamins <laughs> and uh, Birdie getting 10 cavities at age four, oh um, until Haya, I was refraining from vitamins because children's vitamins, because I just, it's mostly just candy. It's sugar. Right. You know what I mean? And like two teaspoons of sugar, unhealthy chemicals, gummy junk, gumming those teeth up. <laughs> Guys, just trust me. You don't want to have your pediatric dentist tell you that your four-year-old has 10 cavities because from, from thought, gummy vitamins. From gummy vitamins. <laughs> Because you thought you were being a good parent trying to give them vitamins. And then you're like, oh, wait, that's just 100% sugar. And oh, it's stuck in their little baby teeth. Um, High is made with zero sugar and zero gummy junk. But it tastes good. And it's perfect for picky little eaters. Yeah, it fills in the most common gaps in modern kids' diets to provide the full body nourishment for our kids with that little yummy taste. Uh, formulated with the help of nutritional experts, Haya, and I love it. I love the name Haya, <laughs> <laughs> is pressed with a blend of 12 organic fruits and veggies, then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals, including vitamins D, B12, C, zinc, folate, and many others to help support immunity, energy, brain function, mood, concentration, teeth, bones, and more. It is non-GMO. It's vegan. Dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, nut-free, and everything else free. You can <laughs> imagine that you don't want to give your children. It's designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door. So guess what? You don't have to remember to pick them up. Thank goodness. Mm. Anyway, guys. I love them. And I want you to try them with your kids. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. Receive 50% off your first order. I'm sorry, what's that? 50% off? That's amazing. That's a lot. To claim the deal, you got to go to HayaHealth.com slash busy. This deal is not available on their regular website. You have to go to H-I-Y-A. H-E-A-L-T-H, HayaHealth.com slash busy, B-U-S-Y, and get your kids on the full body nourishment that they need to grow into healthy adults. Upstart, upstart, don't carry credit balance month after month. Upstart. Is that good? That was a good one. I was all right. Listen, guys. I know from personal experience, truly. Recent. All right. You know what? Cool it with my maxed out credit cards. Carrying your credit balance month after month can feel like a real bummer. Yeah. It feels like a real weight. Weight around your, your shoulders. Back. Yeah. And we don't need that. Not in this moment. Not time. right now. No. Upstart can help you make a final payment so you can get ahead. If you dread looking at your credit card statements, you're not alone. Trust me. Debt can feel crippling. Upstart can help you on your path to financial freedom. Upstart is the fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan, and it's done all online. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high-interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get one fixed monthly payment. 
Upstart knows you're more than just your credit score and is expanding access to affordable credit. Unlike other lenders, Upstart considers your income and your current employment to find you a smarter rate for your loan. A five-minute online rate check, you'll be able to see your rate upfront for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. And you can receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. So to find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today, go to upstart.com slash best. That's upstart.com slash best. You got to use the URL to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash best. But it's just this idea, too, that like we're not looking out for one another. People are not looking out for one another. I went to go see Into the Woods, which was such a fucking bright spot. I'm glad. I'm so glad that I got over my COVID and had tested negative two days in a row so I could go make it to see Sarah Bareilles was playing the baker's wife in this like special encores thing where they do it's sort of like a very pared down staging of it um and like an all-star cast and how they do it how they put these shows together is like they make the time commitment like basically just two and a half weeks for the stars right so like they learn the whole show and they hold their they hold their scripts a bit like yeah. it their most it's I thought to be totally honest this is a show I've loved my entire life but I thought the staging of it like the very pared down minimal staging and the orchestra on stage with them like the way that it was staged was like kind of perfect for the show it was really incredible <clears throat> um. And Sarah Bareilles has literally, Alfie, I swear to fucking God, the best voice of anyone ever. Like she does she's have such a beautiful voice. Yeah. Got such a beautiful, beautiful voice. But everybody in the show was incredible. Um, <clears throat> and one thing I didn't know, guys, I don't know if you're Broadway people out there. Uh, but I kind of a Broadway bitch. Like, I'm not like a full Broadway bitch, but I am like definitely, I have my shows that I am obsessed with and Into the Woods and the great performances version of it was always something I loved. And it was super interesting watching it this past week. Um, Just because of like the nature of what the show was. And then Sarah and I were talking and I, I actually didn't know the history of it, which is that Sondheim wrote it like basically right during the AIDS epidemic and act up. And that was when it first premiered, you know? And then the revival of it was brought, it was brought back to Broadway right after 9-11. And then now they're doing this, they did this version of it, which I hope to God they figure out a way to like film it or something and put it out because it was so good. And I... Don't talk to me about the movie because, no. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry, just don't talk to me about it, okay? Um, but do you know the show? Yeah, I okay. do. I've seen it. And so, you know, there's some, like, super intense moments. But, you know, 
the device, of course, is is these different fairy tales that everybody's familiar with, Cinderella and um, I think it's the little gingerbread man, right? That's the baker and his wife because they oh, want a right, child. Right, right, yes, yes. Um, and then Little Red Riding Hood and Rapunzel and there's a witch and <laughs> Jack and the Beanstalk. That's a big And, but... You know, they, they're all trying to get a wish before their their wish. Like, they want their wishes. Right. They each have their own wishes. Um, and then they it becomes, they get them. And then you sort of start the second act, and the song is Ever After. And as they continue singing all of these different characters in their own little castles or homes or whatever with the things that they wished for that they got, you know, the mundanity of life and the realization of what is it that I wished for? Did I want this? Right. What was this? Right. Why did I want this? Why was I so focused on this thing? And, uh, and then <laughs> like this giant shows up and everybody has this like different, a different reaction to how they meet it, how they meet this huge threat. That's right. like going to destroy everyone and everything, regardless of how wealthy you are or how poor you are or what you've got or how beautiful you are. Like this thing is going to fucking crush everybody. And so what do you do? Right. And they all start pointing fingers. There's like this one. That was the thing that I like kept. I was like sobbing so hard because and I never have had that reaction to that song before. Right. Which is just like, it's your fault. No, it's your fault. No, it's no, it's your fault. But it's not mine at all. And then they like go through and they justify why it can't possibly be there. And at the end, it's like, it doesn't fucking matter. Here's where we are. Here's where we are, guys. And if we don't come up with something, we're all going to be annihilated. And yeah, the damage is irreparable. Everything that you see around you is destruction. Wives are lost. Mothers are gone. Brothers, fathers. But here's where we're at. And we can't let it get any worse. And so what do we do? Like, what the fuck do we do, right? I think that's the question of our lives, you know? And especially as white women, as we said, white women who, like, I would love to say I've been doing the best that I could my whole life. I've, I'd love to say that I grew up in a diverse area and I have known uh, I, uh, people of color my whole lives. My, you know, some of my best friends, you know, <laughs> like that, <laughs> like everybody rolls their eyes. And I would love to say that I've done my best, but the truth is, is that it took me a very long time to recognize, to learn that even though I considered myself good, that I was still every day benefiting from this system that was oppressing other people, that they, you know, that they found it almost impossible to benefit from. And so... To have that be relatively recent in the latter half of my life to know and then to also know how many people are just in 100% denial that 
racism and oppression exist and that white supremacy is the system that our country is built on while also people that are like you and me also really relying on black women, the most reliable voting block Mm -hmm. who have been busting their asses Mm -hmm. year after year to protect our Mm -hmm. rights and to, you know, like I see it so many times on Twitter, like, People will literally say black women will save us. Guess what? Black women are fucking tired. They've been, they're tired. Well, also it's like, I, I gotta be honest. Like I've heard so, so frequently both that, right? Yeah. On, on social media, I've seen that a lot, you know? And then when I talk to people in public, they're like, oh, just thank God for your kids' generation. I just feel like Birdie's going to save us all, right? And I'm right. like, actually, no, like, it's our job, motherfuckers. Get in the game. Stop deferring it. Stop putting it on someone else's plate. It's, you know... It's a fucking lot. It's a lot. And there are no right answers, right? And I'm saying a lot of things that I'm sure I'm going to get shit for. So fire away, you know. Um, I can take it, uh, most of it. Um, but I, I probably, I probably will, would be sad if someone told me that I said the wrong thing or whatever. But, um, we just well, I don't know. My reaction when I have said the wrong thing, which has happened, obvi, yeah, is like, oh, that's interesting. I really didn't know that. Yeah, I'd I, like to like learn more about that. Exactly, exactly. So yes, and as, I also have had just FYI, I have had the inclination at first where I'm like, oh, like where I get that like, yeah, I fucked up. But no, but like, ah, oh, like you know, right, you defi- right. like you don't want to. Sort of face it. And so you're just like, you're shamed and embarrassed. So you're just like going to try to deflect in a different way. All of these things are like, these are natural reactions. Yes. And what you have to work at is the turn, right? right? Yeah. What you do in the face of knowing better in that moment. Correct. You know me. I hate to fuck up. So that feeling that I fucked up and Mm. that I hurt someone is like, ugh. It... It makes makes me sick, sick, yes. And so, but also what I have to keep telling myself is if I never fuck up, it's because I'm not doing anything to fuck up, you know? And so... um, Right, and it's not an excuse to, like, I'm also not in any fucking mood to hear, like, well, I don't even know, like, I'm just afraid to even, like, put my toe into anything because I'm gonna get dinged for something. It's like... First of all, calm down. Yeah. Secondly, how about you shut the fuck up and listen? <sighs> also, you're probably going to be okay. Even if you do get dinged for something, yeah. you'll probably be fine. You'll probably be okay. So, like, know who to ask. Right. That's another thing. Yeah. I can't believe I saw someone asking, like, can... Can the people of color in this thread explain to me why they're at la la la? And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe that's still happening. And yeah, um, black people all by POC, they don't have to explain to you. They, This is a do your own research, you know, 
situation. Um, there's so many things to read. And so like asking a person like, well, what is it about? Can you explain to me with footnotes or whatever, like what this is and explain to me the history of racism in America. And that's, that's not, that's not it. But I do want to say as a white person, I'm, I've like obviously learned a lot. Yeah. And continue to and read and whatever. Yeah. And I gladly will explain to people, I, moms at school that I don't know that right, well. Right. Things. Recommend or a book. Have or, that conversation with yeah. the principal, which for me, you don't even fucking know. Well, you do. But for me, like I get weirdly like school authority figures. Yeah. Like used to. I used to never be able to like, I could never like stand up to a school authority figure. <laughs> like I would immediately be like a Just kid again. Shrink. Yes. But, or even like my mom. Hi, Barb. <laughs> I mean, when is Barb going to be our guest co-host? We need her. Well, I right. She, the question is, do we want her on the pain drugs or not? Yeah. I, yeah, mean, I mean, I always want to talk to I someone on be pain fun. drugs. I think that'd be fun. Yeah, for sure. Wait, I'm did hungry. I tell you about... Did I tell you about her thing, her surgery? Well, you told me that she was okay, that it went well, but I don't but know. But on the you... podcast? Because she just had it on Thursday. Oh, no, I guess not. Yeah. Oh, my God. I knew it went fine. Okay. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, you and I yeah, texted, yeah. but yeah. I was saying, I was meaning more like, d did we the talk details. about it on the podcast? No. So my mom was nervous about the anesthesia and coming out of the anesthesia, which is like, I get it. Yeah. Can be scary, you yeah. know? And so I was talking to her the morning on Thursday morning and I was like, okay, mom, so here's what I just want you to like do some visualization. Like, you know, my mom's like, Fancy, I don't know how to meditate. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that, that kind of vibe. But right. I was like, okay, I need you to do some visualization. And so like, I just need you to like, you just imagine like you're waking up easily with ease you waking up with ease and just like focus on like the first thing you're going to say to the nurse when you open your eyes the nurse is over you and the nurse is like miss phillips barbara hi good morning did you have a nice sleep okay and you're waking up easily you're breathing easily everything is fine and so you have to say something to the nurse and just think of a thing that like we can stick in your head that you will like that's what you want i wanted her to so like, I just made this up. I don't know yeah. if this is a theory or like if this is a way to do a thing. Yeah. I, but I wanted her to like do a visualization and I wanted her to like be able to have a thing that she was going to say so that right. like in her subconscious, she'd be like, oh, I have to wake up easily so that I can say this thing. Yeah. And so, you know, my family is in Arizona. And so I was like, so you just open your eyes and you look at the nurse and you say, fuck Kristen Cinema." <laughs> 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 my mom was like... I can't do that. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. So on Thursday, but we were like laughing and it, I felt like it like made her at least. Broke the tension. It broke the tension little, a bit. Yeah. And like I just had her sort of like thinking about that she could wake up easily and it would be fine, whatever. Yeah. So my dad's like sending text updates, you know, throughout the surgery time and like just got a message from the doctor. Your mom's doing great. It's almost done. She's going to be in recovery soon. Da, 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 da. And then there was just like a pause, like he should, you know, she should be out, like whatever. She's in the recovery room, like they're waking her up, blah, blah, blah. I'm just going about my business. I was with yeah. the kids, whatever. 
And I just get this text from my mother (laughs) that just says, busy, I said it. (laughs) (laughs) And I went, when I, I guess that like, when she was waking up and coming out of the anesthesia, the nurse was like trying to get her to, you know, kind of come around. And she was like, uh, like having like her throat hurt, you know, because yeah, they intubate they have, you. They intubate like, oh, you. Terrible. Yeah. And so she was like trying to talk, trying to talk. And then she was like, <clears throat> my daughter says, and then the nurse is like, what is it? What is it? Your daughter? You need your daughter? And my mom's like, no. And daughter said, I have to say to you something. What do you need to say to me? What do you have to say to me? She's like, just like, she's like, fuck Kristen Cinema. <laughs> and the nurse was like, um, okay. <laughs> great. Um, but she did it. Yeah. And she's doing well. She's like really doing well. So that's, that's good. good. That's, that's so lucky. I'm glad to hear she is doing well. And your dad's doing well. Yeah, he's, these new hips. New really, hips. really getting in there. These new hips. <laughs> Um, so, but yeah, that's like, I don't know. Why did I get into my mom and fuck Kristen Cinema? It was just funny to me. It was just funny. And we were just saying, I'm trying to think I'm classic for, uh, never waking up from anesthesia. So I need you to give me a prompt next time I have to. Okay. I just, I, it's always double the time. And whoever's with me is like, is she okay? Well, that's kind of what happened to my mom last time. So I think she was, that's why she was nervous. Yeah. Um, But maybe we just do a visualization. We can think of someone that you can say, fuck. Yeah. Such a list. Such a list. Such a list. Such a crazy list. Yeah. I'm trying to think what's the last thing. I don't know. The last thing that I got intubated for, I, I woke up really, really late, but the doctor told me that I was trying to pull the intubation tube out the whole time that I was still asleep. And I was like... Oh, that seems weird. That seems like anesthesia wasn't doing exactly what I thought it was doing. Um, I would think it would it would disable you from trying to pull a tube out of your throat, but apparently not. I just feel like the more we can like return to an idea that like we have to be in community with one another. Yes. That the easier things will feel. Yeah. And maybe get. Yeah. Because I do think that there's just, there is a lack of, of, of feeling that it is our responsibility to take care of one another when it is. That is just, it is. That is it. That is it. Right. Right. And this, I just want to acknowledge because I know so many people are doing so many things already. So when we're saying like, I know some of you, you can't vote harder. Um, I know that some of you have jobs where you're a caregiver of some kind or an educator of some kind. Um, And it's a huge job and it really, it really disproportionately falls to certain people to just, you know, take up the mantle of caring for, you know, your fellow human being. It's something that we all have to do. And it's something that we all have to encourage each other to do. It's, 
Well, just like when I was saying that when we were in, when I was in Texas and I was like talking to people who lived there and they were like, I know it's crazy, right? It seems really overwhelming. It's like a lot. I don't even know where you would start. Yeah. And I guess the point is like, no one knows where to start. Right. You just got to start somewhere. Right. And to the point of like, well, I don't want to be dinged for X, Y, or Z. It's like, so you get dinged for X, Y, and Z. Like, who fucking cares? Right. Move along. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, you'll figure it out as you go. Right. Right. D- does that make sense? Yeah. No, it makes perfect sense. I want to, like, just say really quick, though, too, um, as a shout out to our community, to these people, you people, our friends listening. To this podcast. To this podcast. Melissa Walker sent me an, an, an email. I don't know if I sent you the new one. Oh, no, I don't think so. Guys, there are now over 56 giving circles from our podcast. You guys out there. That's amazing. Thank you all so much for potential shout out purposes. Some of the names of the groups are still TBD, but here are the finalized ones. Ready? Yeah. Blue Hearts for Michigan. Strength in Numbers. Lady Gang. Get the F out of my uterus. We are the change. Protecting women's health care. Blue Devils for NC. Doing our best New England. Fighting Irish. Doing something circle. The anti-gerrymandering cult. (laughs) (laughs) Take back the shore and the patriarchy. Democracy in action. We won't go back. Bears on a wire. Oh, bears on a wire. Taste the equality, busy for rights, high des moms, Maria and Ellen's giving circle. Um, this is going to make such an intense difference. Like she was like, I cannot even tell you what a huge impact this is going to have. And it's amazing to watch it grow. And wow, you have such a rad community. And I was like, that's cool. <laughs> That's very cool. This is, I was really, really like excited and proud of all of our friends out there who like made it a priority to do something and jump in. Me too, because this is like always just been our dream, like in everything that we've done to like have, you know, have a place to do something creative, have some laughs, cry if we have to, which we, oh, we have. We have had to way more than than uh, I would have predicted at the outset of this, but also to have a community that could laugh and cry and do good together. And you guys are like nailing it. You're hitting it out of the park constantly for each other as well. Yes, that's right. Showing up for one another, like creating your own community. And I guess, I don't know, like I was looking at the astrological stuff and that full moon eclipse and all the stuff, reading all the things and like... You know, I was really feeling last week and I was really feeling like I'm just going to quit everything. Like I'm going to throw everything out. Like I can't even fucking keep doing this. I can't show up for anyone anymore. Like this is impossible. This is an impossibility. You and I were texting. Yeah. And you were really sweet to me. Like, you know, I just was feeling so helpless. And so I do want to say, like, that is a feeling that we all at one time or another probably will have or have had or have had and will have again. And I went to the march 
on Saturday and Emily BB and I, um, like I fucked up and I didn't <laughs> like, I didn't do my timing right, you right. know? And then they, and then I, we were in an Uber going to the meeting point in Brooklyn and they closed the bridge. <laughs> I'm like, well, fuck. And so then I was texting with like my contact who was in the organizing, organizing the March stuff. And, yeah. you know, they had asked very specific things of me and had sent out like their toolkit to like, blah, 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 in influencers or yeah. whatever, people who are going to... And, and so I was texting with her. She's like, there's no way. You're not going to fucking make it. Like, whatever. And I said, well, maybe we should start on the end side, the yeah. Manhattan side. Right. And we'll march across and then we'll meet you guys and march back. And she's like, you you just go down to like where the rally is, Foley Square or whatever, like by City Hall in Manhattan. And like, you'll, fit, you know... Yeah, that sounds great. We'll see you soon. Like, yeah. we love you. We know you're doing the, you're doing the best you can do right now, basically. And I was like fucking bummed, but also like I was probably at when the Brooklyn Bridge when the when the bridge like was closed for the Uber. Yeah, I, I was like, well, this is just this is proof that I should quit everything and like just give up. Uh, do you know what I mean? Yeah. The universe doesn't even want me to show up. You know what I mean? Like I was like, yeah. I went, I went to like a place. Yeah. You know? And then we go over to Foley Square and there are all these organizations like grassroots orgs setting up their tents and things. And one of the things that had been suggested in the, from the organizers and all of the different like ultraviolet action and Planned Parenthood and ACLU and blah, 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 was like, it could be really useful to talk to some of the grassroots organizations at the rally point and find out like actionable things and give information about what their organizations do if people want to get involved, blah, blah, blah. And as we were there, I was like, I said to Emily, because everything was just still being set up. And I was like, wait a minute, I should do this now before the thousands and thousands of right. people get here right. and they start like playing super loud music and there are like speakers on the podium and right. stuff. And Emily's like, oh, that's a good idea. Why don't you do that? And then we'll march over and then come back with them. But we started talking to people and that's, it's all up on my live. And like, I was by the end of it, I spent, I think like two hours talking to people and the majority of it is on my live. All of these different, like smaller organizations that are out there in New York and nationally fighting for reproductive justice, fighting for abortion health care, fighting for um, maternal, for the maternal mortality rate to not be as abysmal as it is, especially in black and brown communities in our country. Um, it was like, I was like, oh, this is what you're supposed to feel. Yeah. Hopeful. Yeah. Like every person I spoke to was like, I'm looking out for my community, for my community. Right. Right. I'm looking out for all of us. Right. And I really felt like the universe did like fuck up our travel plans to make it to the Brooklyn Bridge. Right. To like get to the march. Because if we had done that, by the time we got to the rally, I probably wouldn't have like spent the time to talk to all of these different right. organizations. And like marching across a bridge wouldn't have done for me what I like actually my little heart was needed. needed. Yeah. In that moment. Yeah. 
and talking to like the black doulas of the Bronx, right? And which was amazing. I would love to do another one of our things as a fundraiser for them. Yeah, that'd be so cool. Um, well, maybe a book club, another book club because we have yeah, exactly. a book that we want to. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Book club. Yeah. So yeah, so maybe a book club and sell tickets. Yeah, and then like we, we can... did, mm-hmm. and then send the money to those doulas. Those doulas keeping it, keeping it in the uterus. Doula, yeah, support. dueling, Private, yes. providing support. Um, but I just, yeah, I had like a really heartening experience, and I was. So grateful that I did show up in like the way that I could. Yeah. And that when all the things were like, felt like they were working against me to make it there, you know, that I wasn't just like, fuck it, let's just go get brunch. Right. (laughs) And I really, that we really like Emily and I both like, she was like, that was cool. Like I learned so much and. Right. And I got so much out of it, you know, and. That's really great. Yeah. Because that's a thing that like, well, that's another thing that was really important to learn because I am like a TV producer and I think of myself as like a leader sometimes. I love to spearhead a project or whatever. And so when I started getting active with, um, you know, just anything political, like whether it's like actual campaigns that people are running or whether it's you know, for, for various causes, I always wanted like to say like, oh, we should start a blah, blah, blah. We should start this. We should start a fund, a foundation, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And as it turns out, there are, somebody already had that idea. Usually they've been working at it for years. Oh my God. They know the ropes. Yeah. Guys, don't be that fucking (laughs) asshole. Don't be the white lady. That's like, I have such a good idea, you guys. Has anybody thought of doing this? <laughs> I'm going to do it. Because guess what? Yeah, it's rough. And it's it, it's <sighs> rough. And there's been, and I've been also active in a lot of groups where there have been problems with white women speaking over women of color and discounting, you know, like tr- kind of like trying to take the, take the microphone, take the the um what's that thing called the megaphone you know and so there it's just there's a lot of things to be aware of but there's nothing to be afraid of you know and so that's such a great way of putting it casey you're such a wordsmith (laughs) (laughs) i just said doula e like two seconds ago there's but there's there's nothing to be afraid of and really like I think you're right, Busy. There have been a million times when I'm like, I just don't want to lace up my shoes. I don't want to do mm-hmm. this walk again. I don't want to knock on these doors again. I don't want to dial this phone anymore. But once you start to do it, you're like, there's other people out here mm-hmm. that feel the way I feel mm-hmm. or that like we're maybe leaning toward the way that I feel, but now they have the information that they need Because, like, I dialed that phone one more time, you know. Um, Oh, my God. I almost got fired from a job one time because this job was (laughs) – the job was so stupid and they really didn't need me there. But they just – it was just one of those jobs where you had to, like, sit at your desk and, like, look very present. And and I just did political campaigning the whole time. And, like, my boss was like, you are so – like, you're so industrious and so busy. (laughs) 
Oh my God. You're like, I'm rolling calls. You're like, I'm doing phone banking. <laughs> From nine in the morning till five when we punch out. Yeah. And I was just like making political and fundraising phone calls the entire time. But um, that it was worth it. It was so much more important than that job. I can't even remember really what the point of the job was, but... I mean, honestly... <laughs> I think we all can relate to that. Yes. But um, yeah, it just, it really, um, so this is all just to say, super proud of our community. If you have been like nervous, because I know we're saying, we're saying like there's all these rules and there's like, you know. It's not that many rules. No, it's not. It's just like, it's just kind of like, I don't know. It's just the way to do it. You know, I don't want to say etiquette because it's more than that. It's more important than that. It's respect. You know, it's, it's like basic respect. And like, there have been like these, you know, these sort of like guidelines that people are slowly learning to adhere to that make it easier for everyone and that make respect like equitable. And make it so that we all actually are working together yeah. in tandem as Instead opposed of to like, like inviting. Yes. Which happens. Right. And, you know, it, and it's good to avoid that because you can't be as productive if there's infighting. So, yeah. So there's just, there's, there's a lot to be aware of, but nothing really to be afraid of, nothing at all. And so if you've been thinking about it, about dipping your toe in, it couldn't be easier. A lot of the people on the Facebook group for Busy Phillips is doing her best are like, organizing stuff all the time, organizing. I love that. I love that. And if that is your vibe, I love it. And if you're also exhausted in your own home for any reason, I feel that too, man. Yeah. Take, take what you need. But I do always, you know, in times of my life where shit's gone South personally. Yeah. I have found not, not for credit's sake, but just like a thing that helps your heart is literally helping someone else. Yeah. Showing up for someone else. Yeah. And by the way, like even the smallest thing at this point, my neighbor Ellis, I love to shout out my neighbor Ellis. He lives across the cul-de-sac from me. He's, uh, you know, he's like a background actor. That's what he does for money. And I think his daughter works in the medical field and his wife, Pam, I'm not sure what Pam does because we've been neighbors only via the pandemic. So we haven't really like, all I know is that Pam also loves Prince because she saw me in a Prince shirt one time and she wanted to talk about it. Um, And, but Ellis is always working in his yard when he's not working on a set somewhere. And whenever he sees us, he says... (laughs) He, he'll say like, oh, I saw your son, which I love because he's like very interested in the comings and goings of the guys. But then uh, when we're getting into our car and we're like, bye, Alice, he's always says, bye, I love you guys. He doesn't know us. <laughs> he doesn't know if that we... That is literally <laughs> the sweetest thing. It's so sweet and he means it. And like, he doesn't know if we deserve love, if we're like deserving of his love, but he gives it every fucking time. And it like restarts my heart every time that just this person who's like, you seem good. Love you. (laughs) Like every time. And so I'm like trying to like catch Ellis now. Like I'm trying to like time my comings and goings to when he's working in his front yard. Just to get a little, I love you. Just to get a little, I love you guys. Love. I love them. I love them. And so we say we love you too, because we do. But it's like, I mean, 
I'm telling you, like, and by the way, there's no shortage. I'm being told that I'm loved pretty constantly by my family, which is wonderful. And I have friends that tell me that they love me. Mm -hmm. But there's something about like a person who's like a relative stranger just being like, I see you. I love you. You're like, you're worth it to me. That is really nice. Yeah. So like even something that small, I'm not telling you to tell your neighbor that you love them, but maybe even like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's, it's right for me and Ellis, but I don't know if it's oh right God, for you. That is literally hilarious. <laughs> but maybe Listen, just, it works for us. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe just what do what you can do. Higher dose. You know, we love it. Love it so much. It makes me feel so good, Casey. <laughs> I like to wrap up now on that little sauna blanket and just sweat it out. Yes. Or the PEMF mat with the healing crystals you know in I it. I love that PEMF mat. I love that thing so much. You know, my mom's like laying on it all the time now in this recovery zone. Oh, good. Thank goodness. I know. It's the best. And you know, I love the red light face mask too, the LED face mask. Guys, we love it all. <laughs> Higher Dose is a one-of-a-kind at-home spa experience. It's the intersection of wellness, health, beauty. It's got this line of infrared devices that is harnessing the most healing technologies available from infrared healing heat to PEMFs, grounding technology, to red lights, rejuvenating rays that really help your skin glow from the inside out. I'm telling you guys, we are obsessed. Yeah. I mean, I talk about it at parties. Yeah, as well you should. <laughs> as well you should. Infrared therapy supports glowing skin, deeper sleep, a balanced mood. I wish I could travel with my mat. I'm not kidding. Yes, yeah. That's the only bummer that I have. Well, that's why you have to talk about it at parties so that you have a network of friends that have <laughs> the blank. <laughs> and so when you travel, you're just like, hey, let me hit up. I know, but like, let me just be real. Let's just be real. You going to bring that map for me right now to my hotel? No. I would bring that for you. I don't know. You need it for yourself. I would loan it to you. Okay. Well, maybe I'll take you up on it because okay. I could use it for my deeper sleep <laughs> when I'm traveling. I do love it. And I, you know, the skin, there is like, it is undeniable. That red light face mask stimulates collagen, really activates glowing skin and Listen, use it while you're in the sauna blanket. Yeah, you just, I mean, I'm being real. You just look better you after you 100%. use it. You just look better. 100%. Guys, go get your own sauna blanket, mat, and red light mask today at higherdose.com. You can use promo code BEST at checkout to save 15%. That's higherdose.com, promo code BEST, or... Just go to higherdose.com slash busy and you'll save 15%. Such a good deal. It's a great deal. This episode of Busy Phillips is doing her best is brought to you by the new Showtime original comedy series. I love that for you. I've been telling you, you guys, you've got to check it out. Joanna Gold's dream is to become a home shopping channel star no matter what it costs. Be it her dignity, self-respect, or sense of right and wrong, she lands the job of her dreams, determined to redefine herself, but finds the road to stardom is not quite as seen on TV. 
She's equally intimidated by a boss who eats careers for breakfast, played by the hilarious and amazing Jennifer Lewis, and infatuated with her idol, the unstoppable superstar host, played by SNL legend Molly Shannon. Caught off guard, Joanna slightly blows it on live TV and then sells a whopper of a story to keep her job. That little white lie snowballs into a network-devouring avalanche, and she has to learn the difference between selling herself and selling out. Starring the hilariously awkward or awkwardly hilarious Emmy nominee and SNL veteran, Vanessa Bayer. I love that for you. Is streaming now only on Showtime. Oh, wait, hold on. New assistant, Blake. Wait, wait. Wait, New wait. assistant Blake. Wait, 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 wait. I have to get COVID tested for, you know, the th- event I'm here for. Ugh. So, but like, that's fine. But uh, they just, they wanted to do, it had been scheduled today at five because I thought you had to leave. Right. But then we couldn't, we had a hard time setting the thing started. I know. I'm so, I mean, I never got the microphone stand going. So I'm just holding it in my hand. So Josh, if you hear sticky little hands on the microphone. Sorry. It's me. Sorry. Sorry. Casey was doing her best. Josh did his best to make sure that we had everything we needed. And still, I'm just like, just, you know, putting it together with tape and, and glue. I mean, that's what we're holding it all together with at this point in this moment, you know? Yes. And, but you know, this eclipse is back to what I was, I had started to say. And I like, okay, circle back. So this eclipse apparently that just happened, um, is a real opportunity for all of us to like sever the ways that things have been done the way that we've done things and to start anew. And I don't know, you guys, you know me. I fuck with astrology and crystals in the same way that it's just like, I don't know, I just kind of like that shit, you know? But like, I do believe in intentions and I believe in like putting things out there, you know, and like putting goodness out into the world and like getting it back, right? Well, that's what it is, by the way. Like so many people are like, so many people, and again, men, I notice, love to shit on woo, but it's about intentions. It's the same as putting something on your calendar saying that you intend to go to this appointment. Crystals and new moons and all of these things, they're just markers to remind us of what we are intending to do. It's just a reminder. It's the same as like putting something on your calendar or making a date with a friend. It's the same thing. It's just about revisiting an intention of something that you want to happen. And it's funny, like, I think a lot about that, about the idea of being able to really sever a way of doing a thing and moving in a different direction for everybody and like how hard that is and how it can take like many different false starts before you kind of get there, you know? And, you know, but I do think that this, like, I do feel, (laughs) see, I'm just like, now this is where you guys are like, ugh, I roll. But I do feel just in the last day, basically, like that there has been a little bit of like a rolling shift. Yeah, I get that. Do you feel that at all? 
No. No, I mean, I get, I, <laughs> here's the way that the shift for me is that we, until further notice, we just have to keep going and we have to keep doing what is the most right for us, the most good, the most right. And I don't mean what's the most right for me, like what helps me the most. I mean what I believe to be the most right mm-hmm. for the most people. Mm-hmm. And like, and by the way, when I'm doing all of this shit, like I even think it's good for people that are against it, whether they care to admit it or not. I think in the long run, the goals that I have for humanity and for America, like I think are good for the greatest good of people. Now, I'm sure everyone, well, no, I'm not sure everyone thinks that. I'm sure everyone would- Yeah, I don't think they do. Yeah, I'm sure everyone would tell you that they think that, but I don't, I think some people actually know what they're doing is very harmful and that's that's part of the goal, um, the chaos. But uh, yeah, so that's the shift for me is just like it's, I just have to keep going and keep- standing up for the things that I know are right, even if I say something wrong or fuck up, even if someone rolls their eyes at me or tells me to be quiet, even if I'm tired, even if I mess up the Uber and don't get across the bridge and have to do things backwards, even if I run into Liam Neeson at the Women's March, which I did. (laughs) This time or the first one? No, the first one. Obviously. That's my best, like, that's Obviously. my best March memory is that I ran into Liam Neeson. Like, I went into a bodega I to can't. get a coffee. I cannot. And um, saw Liam Neeson. And he said, oh, hi, what are you doing here? And I said, I'm a woman. <laughs> and then he was like, oh, oh yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> oh, my God. But <laughs> stop it. so you never know i mean that's the reason to go you never know who you're gonna meet i i wasn't meeting him obviously i'd already been a little familiar with liam neeson but (laughs) okay (laughs) i (laughs) (sighs) um you know because liam neeson is good friends with andy cohen that's why i knew him so he would, oh, I didn't know that. He would always be at Watch, watch What Happens Live. Mm-hmm. And when we were in the original studio, the studio was so small. And part of like what I would do, same as I would do for you on Busy Tonight, I would go up and give Andy like new cards every segment right, right. for things that he wanted to talk about. But the studio was so small and Liam Neeson had such long legs that they were just like everywhere. And so it was a lot of like climbing over oh Liam Neeson's legs. And so he just would get in the habit on the nights that he was there of just taking the cards from me and giving the cards to Andy for me. That was nice of him. Very nice. <laughs> but that is, uh, that's why I was familiar with Liam Neeson. Um, He's basically my intern. I mean, I guess we could say that. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know why he was at the Women's March. I didn't ask him because... He was there to support. He was there to support. Yeah, I mean, obviously, but I don't know, you know. I don't know if he was like doing something for an organization or whatever. Probably not. He was just doing the regular shit like everyone was. Yeah. 
in his neighborhood. You didn't need to have an invitation. Yeah, you exactly. Know what I mean? That's the thing about it. Anyone can do it. Anyone can do something. Even Anyone Liam can even do something. Liam Neeson. Especially Liam Neeson. Who was like wildly on an episode of Atlanta. Are you watching Atlanta this no, season? No, no, no. Oh my gosh. I'm like, you know me and TV. Come on. Yeah. Come on, guys. Yeah. Atlanta, I'm going to say, is like a wild ride this season. I think it's always a wild ride. It's the wildest of the wild rides. Um, But it's like a little mini movie every week this this season. And sometimes it's not even like the characters that are the characters from the show. Sometimes it's like a whole other. It's like an anthology. Right. I had seen that. It looks interesting. Yeah. Um, But you know me. Still trying to get through Severance. Yeah. (laughs) I haven't made much... Haven't made much progress, Casey. I'm not going to lie. But, oh you God. know, someday I will. Someday I will. You'll make it through Severance. You'll be very excited. But I highly recommend Atlanta this season. It's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, Liam Neeson was actually on the show as himself, uh, sort of, in a way, addressing the comments that he made about feelings that he had about black men as a young man like yeah it was really interesting I was it was interesting to me that that was like a thing that they did on the show and it was interesting to me that Liam Neeson agreed to it and uh, I'd love to hear what other people who have been watching it think Ooh, yeah I'm interested too yeah it's a it's it's a good show but you're still not through severance through it, I mean, I, I think I've—I don't even think I've watched one more episode since last we spoke. Oh my god! I know. At this point, guys, it's going to be twenty twenty-five. What? I By the time I'm done with it, I want to figure out how what's you wrong can, with me. No, <laughs> I want to figure out how you can finish it because I think you're going to love it. I'm still having like crazy nightmares, like COVID vibes. Here's oh, what I think. Really? Also, though, that show is very disturbing for me. Yeah, I don't know if it's disturbing for everyone. But I am a sensitive person. Yeah. And so I think a little bit like I was watching it at night when I would have time. Sure. But then it was like leaving me with unpleasant feelings before bed. All right. So maybe if I like do like an maybe if I like make an 11 a.m. viewing thing happen. Like I just feel like I get very like my brain is, you know, very open. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Two ideas. Okay. So I think, I don't know. I had like the most New York of New York. Oh, God. Alfie. Did I ever tell you about when I got the sweatshirt made for Emily, the embroidered sweatshirt with Alfie, Alfie's little face on it? And then I put his name was as Archie. <laughs> it's not his name. It's Alfie. And Emily was like, um, thank you. <laughs> And it's like had his face on it. So she couldn't even like give it to another Archie. Like, no, I totally put the wrong name on the sweatshirt <laughs> for her. So stupid. Oh my God. So, so stupid. I mean, also hilarious. But um, so okay, so not not getting through severance. You're still having COVID nightmares? Oh yeah. Yeah. <gasps> oh my God. Okay. I had the craziest, most vivid. Okay, a friend of mine needed a new therapist. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, well, I have the greatest therapist in the world, but she probably wouldn't want to see you because therapists don't really do that. Like if they're seeing 
a friend. They don't right. really see like another person that they're good friends with. There's a chance that. Well, it's just like, it's awkward. It yeah. could get awkward yeah. or maybe, I don't know. I don't know. They just don't do it really. Yeah. But I said, why don't I ask my therapist for a recommendation? So then I hadn't talked to my friend for a bit. And then I was like, whatever, chatting with them. And I was like, hey, did you end up calling my therapist? And my friend was like, but I I got the number that you forwarded me that she had sent you for a different therapist. But no, I didn't call your therapist. And I was like, but remember, then she called back and said that she found time in her schedule. And this is, yes. This is fucking nuts. And my friend was like, no. And I was like, I texted you the text exchange. Like, she texted me. Actually, like, I, I do have room in my schedule. Why don't why don't I try it? And if it's we, like, if it's uncomfortable or whatever, we cannot, we won't, we don't have to go down that path. I, I, I texted you the exchange. And my friend was like, no, you really didn't do that. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. And so then I was like, huh, that's weird. Why didn't I forward that text? <laughs> so then I looked at my text with, with my therapist and yeah. I didn't see it. And then I wrote my therapist and I was like, this is going to sound weird. <laughs> Why did I even, at this point, I should have known, right? I mean. Maybe? Maybe, but it felt very real It to you. felt so fucking real. I was convinced. And she was like, no, that didn't happen. <laughs> what are you talking about? And I was like, I guess I made it up. I It was in a dream I had and I just thought it really happened. And then my therapist was like, oh, no, I feel bad. Like, because, you know, yeah. I basically told my friend that my right. therapist was going to see them, see them. And then I was like, no, 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 don't worry about it. She understands my Bye. weird, my weird literal dreams. Like we, you know, like we've been friends long enough that she knows about my weird literal dreams. Oh my god! And my therapist was like, "Oh, okay, good." And so then I texted my friend back, and I was like, "Well, I guess this was like a COVID nightmare dream that I just made up." Yeah. And uh, I texted the exchange between me and my therapist. Yeah. To my friend, and then <laughs> they just wrote back, "I do know your weird literal dreams." <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, great. Oh my God. It's like when you dream that someone did something mean to you and you wake up and you're mad at them. I mean, yeah. <laughs> or like your boyfriend cheated on you. Did yeah. you ever have those back in yes. the day? Yes. I mean, all the time. And then you have to like tell them like why you're mad, I guess. And then I don't know. You're such a dick in my dream you're last so night. so mean in my dream. And then yeah, my husband's always like, I'm sorry. Not sweet. Not sweet. I mean, he doesn't have to, but, um, well, listen, I'm glad that I'll tell you what the, um, eclipse meant to me. What did it mean to you? It was a real opportunity. Well, I'll just tell you it. My husband's work had a party on a boat. Um, so that because they haven't been able to have like they have a yearly party, like, you know, workplaces do and they haven't been able to have it for the past few years. So they decided to have it on a boat. And I think it was like split up between two nights or whatever. So it was at the marina at um, what's the marina? I'm marina Del Rey. Marina Del Rey. You know the one. I do because I worked at the California Pizza Kitchen in Marina course. Del Rey when I was in college. When you Casey. were in college. Mm -hmm. And there's also a psychic also once told Emily Beebe 
that she was going to meet the love of her life and future husband at the Cheesecake Factory in the Marina Del Rey. And if you were told that by a psychic, wouldn't you be there all the time? I'd be, I'd have a job there. Yeah. No. Emily's Emily was Actively like avoiding Emily avoiding. Emily was like, no. Emily was just like, I roll. I can't even eat that food. I'm vegan. <laughs> and I'm like, and like it's never. I was like, this was actually predated vegan, but Emily was a vegetarian. But like, I would just be at that fucking cheesecake factory all the time. Yeah, just to see. You know what? You have to give wait, wait, it a wait. chance. She doesn't listen to the podcast. Okay. You and I. Let's make a plan with BB. Okay. Yeah. And then when she asks, you you have to like pick her up or something. Yeah. And then j- just be like, I don't know. I have to go to the, we have to go to this place, whatever. And take her to the fucking Cheesecake Factory in Marina Del Rey. Mm-hmm. And let's just let's see. See what happens. Let's just see what happens. See what the universe can what do. What if this is it? <gasps> Could you imagine? Can just we do try. it? Can we you try have it? to like set the universe no, up for success. We are, I mean, but we have to now intervene. Yeah. Yeah. Because we know about it. Because now we know. Yeah. And we got to do it. Yeah. We okay. Do. So you and I are going to do this sometime okay. this summer. Okay. Okay. So Marina Del Rey went to um, this party on a boat. And I was so excited because I was going to get to see the eclipse like full. Oh, that's know. so fun. It was so fun. And it was like a really clear night. But tell me what you think of this omen. We got there so early, like before you're allowed to board the boat. <laughs> And um, and I was laughing because every single person that my husband talked to that was a colleague was like, so what time did you get here? And I thought it was so funny because they're so like, it w- obviously was stressing everyone out that they were going to like make it on time for the boat, that it was like the number one topic of conversation. But anyway, we got there so early. We're waiting to get on the boat and we saw these signs like don't feed the sea lions. And we were like, oh, there's sea lions. So we're looking and we saw like sea lions playing in the water. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, that's so exciting. Nothing bad about that. Okay. But then we saw like one sea lion. We were like, no, oh, no. He swam out. He mm-hmm. or she swam out and was like bumped into something. And it kind of looked like I thought it was like a beautiful piece of driftwood. It was a shark. No, it was it a was, dead body. It was a dead pelican. Oh, <gasps> ew. <laughs> when I thought it was beautiful driftwood, it was so beautiful. But once I knew it was a dead pelican, I was like, I don't know. It felt bad. And then um, my husband could not stop looking at that dead pelican. (laughs) And then he put his hand in his pocket. And I was like, do not take a picture of that dead pelican with your phone. Like, you can't have that cursed image on your phone. We talk about cursed images. You cannot keep them on your phone, guys. You can't. You can't. So anyway. What does a (laughs) dead pelican mean? Googling. Okay. (gasps) What does it say? Oh. Pollution? No. Huh. Wait. What is it? I don't like this. Oh, no. Yeah, I don't like this. I'm not going to like well, it. Well, is that, that's just for a dream, though. It's not a dead a, bird is always an unpleasant sight. Because we hold them up as paragons of grace and freedom, it can be extremely upsetting to see them dead, robbed of their freedom, and strewn on the ground, graceless and gone. Guys, this website is really giving it dramatic. to me. So those of us attuned to spiritual thinking might immediately question, is there an omen or a message coming to me from the other side? And naturally, we might want to assume it's a bad omen. But fortunately, that isn't always the case. Okay. 
dead birds, dead birds, dead birds, loss of freedom. I don't know. I mean, now I just don't even know. I mean, who knows? But here's what I'll tell you. It was my first time seeing a pelican, and I was just struck by how large it was and how terrible. Yeah, that's crazy. It was wild. And here's the good news. I'm so sorry for that pelican. I hope that it died of old age and not like pollution or something. It looked like it could have been old. I don't know. Um, But the good news is that at Marine Del Rey, there were a million more pelicans just beyond the dead pelican. But okay, I, wait, wait, wait. Dead pelican meaning. I okay, got to go it. ahead. You will know if you've ever been close to them, that is, that pelicans are huge. <laughs> we just learned that. <laughs> and they're huge because they take advantage of the ocean's bounty, i.e. they are symbols of accepting the world's abundance. So the sight of a dead pelican presents a potential omen for a difficult time in terms of resources. Oh. All right. However, the dead pelican is not foretelling the future, but rather advising you that perhaps you could do better. (laughs) (laughs) So what the fuck? No shit, pelican. You know what, pelican? (laughs) I don't need you to die to tell me that. (laughs) It's about not being wasteful. Oh, okay. Well, okay. This makes sense. We well, besides like the formula shortage, which is not personally affecting my family. Yeah. Also, four adults for the past time since I've been home from my trip have been sharing one car because my husband's car was broken. And so we weren't doing our best with our resources, maybe. And it there was a real shortage. And it made me Ooh. it made me appreciate some things. Uh-huh. It made me appreciate some things and okay. how how privileged it is to have two cars. Yes, it, in normally the in the mm-hmm. family. But anyway, um, the good news is I saw a million pelicans that and were not dead. Also, um, you know, I don't like fuck with birds so much. Yeah. Like I love hummingbirds. Sure, I sure. love you know, but like anything i don't know but these pelicans were really like flying very low over us and i feel like flaunting like the size of their bodies and i <laughs> felt very sure that a pelican was gonna shit on me and i had made an effort to look nice and i'm like i'm gonna get like a an entire fish shit on my dress or whatever um that did not happen but they had like a little um the boat crew had put out like a little red carpet to make us feel special um as we were walking to uh to what do you, do you say embark on the boat sure to, to to mount the boat what do you call what's the proper nautical term for getting on a boat embark <laughs> okay well know. anyway um just as i was going down that red carpet a pelican walked on the on the red carpet like right in front of me and i was like and there was really nowhere else to walk. Like if you, like I would have fallen off the little pier thing, the little marina thing, if I had like walked too far. So I was just like kind of embarrassed myself by being afraid to like walk by this penguin, but it was like uh, this penguin by this pelican, but it was the size of like <laughs> a small person, like a, like a child. It was the size of cricket. <laughs> it was a cricket size pelican and it had like big feet and like the big beak and everything i didn't want to walk by it so i kind of like embarrassed myself like stepping out of line and um then uh i don't know i just like the 
the crew was like laughing at me a little bit and I was embarrassed and people were walking by it no problem and it didn't attack anyone. So I just like hurried past it and like hid my face. And I heard that they did shoo the pelican away later, but not before, like chuckling at me. But then I went up to the top deck of the boat during the festivities. Matt was with me, but um, to watch the eclipse... And then when I went to leave, a pelican was like landed right on the banister that you had to hold on to to go back down. So it was basically just like held hostage on the top, the top tier of the boat by a pelican. It seems like this is more than just a dead pelican sighting. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? I feel like I just felt attacked by pelicans and um, I just want to know what their beef is with me. It feels as though we need just like pelican symbolism yeah you know yeah like that's the it was brutal i can tell you like i i don't want to hang out with a penguin Uh, why do i keep calling them penguins i don't know is there something to that too oh my god maybe i wish it was a penguin because i don't feel like a penguin would mess you up have you ever seen like a penguin attack anyone i I don't think that they're nice do you don't think penguins are nice oh my gosh no i think they're birds and i think birds will fucking pack your eyes out but like (laughs) but like you've seen like what could they do they don't even have like they don't they couldn't kick you listen they can't really peck you spirit of the penguin jesus (laughs) spirit of the pelican is commonly associated with the virtues of humility sacrifice generosity and unity wow well i was loyal trustworthy and dependable i was humbled by them i think they're dependable for scaring me a little bit but um okay all right if you say pelicans represent letting go of judgment oh all right literally guys i could just we could just keep i could just keep reading there's so much we're gonna get i will get to whatever it is you know what i mean so much pelican there are so many it may be conveying a message of nourishment and resurrection okay Response, social responsibility and active attributes, <laughs> such as teamwork. <laughs> but but that's what we're talking about. Yeah, it's true. Okay. All right. This makes more sense now. These these pelicans really wanted me to know this stuff. In some cultures, pelicans are no- also known as symbolic of the afterlife and are known to protect the deceased souls on the path to the underworld. We're getting it all from this pelican. <laughs> what can't pelicans do? I don't the pelican also brings with it release and forgiveness. <laughs> I mean, guys, I, we're getting, I love it. They're, pelicans are a lot better than I gave them credit for, I guess. I just thought that they were big, menacing monsters. Well, they know how to adapt to their current conditions to survive. Well, except that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh. The pelican teaches you a lot about letting go to make room for something better. Okay. Don't, it shows you not to be weighed down by unnecessary things that could make you soar higher and reach new heights. This is actually this is actually thematically what goes along with the um eclipse. It's true. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It brings with it release and forgiveness. You're being encouraged to forgive yourself, let go of your negative feelings. No matter how heavy your burden is, you're going to find a way to make it to the top. 
I'm dying laughing because I know there's a group of pelicans all around their phone looking up what it means when you see a human lady. A human, a, a human lady with bleach blonde hair. What it's does it mean with a, when a human lady with a shock of white hair won't walk by you? She's scared. She's just, she's as scared as we are. I mean, this oh my is God. like, this it's, is amazing. It's everything. Okay. I so love it. Pelicans. I love it. Last week were foxes. This week, pelicans. We don't have to look it up now, but please do know that as soon as this podcast is over, I am going to look up to see if there are penguin fighting videos because I feel like that would be hilarious. If penguins even, like, I feel like they do they, penguins fight. <laughs> <laughs> do penguins get into fights yeah fights are normal practice with penguins that are bre- that breed so close to one another in large colonies <laughs> do penguins fight humans <laughs> yes penguins can and do bite oh my gosh that's what i'm saying i just it be- has a hook on the end which easily can pierce a person's skin oh sure for sure but i you know Oh my God, there's now there's just a picture of a blood soaked penguin. I can't. <laughs> Guys, do not Google it. A violent, bloody fight ensued. Oh my God. Oh my God. I wonder what it was about. It was about cheating. <laughs> it was. They have complex, complex social structures. I guess it can get bloody, it can get intense. Watch homewrecker penguin defend his new abode. Oh, my God. When the male penguin of a mated pair returned to their nest to find another male, he went fucking nuts. Oh, my God. Wow. This usually stems from nest site fidelity. Oh, my God, you guys. Who knew? Who knew? Okay. I underestimated penguins. Yeah. Because you know why? Little buddies. Because you know that video when happy they're walking, when they're happy feet, but you know that video when they're walking across the ice and that penguin falls on his ass and he goes, oh, <laughs> yes, that reminded me so much of baby birdie when birdie was two years old and slid down the slide at the park and like bonked their bottom like off the slide, you know, oh and then just God. was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> two years old and all the other mothers were like uh I'm like mm-hmm. <laughs> never mind oh Brady has known that word for a long time I mean please guys this is why I'm like to the to the principal like I actually reject you dinging my child <laughs> for saying fuck. <laughs> every kid says fuck oh my gosh Just like whatever yeah please yeah please we maybe, it's not like a third grader. They're in middle school. We it's could their, do with a little less pearl clutching, especially, you know. Totally. It's such an eye roll. It's interesting because, I mean, I have pearls. I have clutched them in the past. Uh, but I've really just been on the track of like every time I want to clutch those pearls, especially regarding my kids or other people's kids. I'm like, I did that when I was that age. And I was like the goodest of the good kids. Like, Well, this is what I want to say. Like, guys, stay focused. Yeah. We got to stay focused. There's so many distractions. Yeah. You got to stay focused. Yeah. What is the core truth of yes. this situation? Yes. And what's the core truth of your child? Yeah. Yeah. 
just, yes. Like we can, you're exactly right. You can just strip away the distractions and see. Like we don't, just what we were saying, like people will tell you, people tell on themselves. People will generally tell you what their plans are. We have seen it time and time again, just like you knew the whole time that, you know, people were getting distracted by so many things and you were like, the goal is to overturn Roe. Like you said it, you called it so long ago. And here we are. And that was a core truth that we would have done well to just listen to at that point. At any point, really. At any point. But we were polite when people told us not to be hysterical and that Mm -hmm. we were being ridiculous. We were like, oh, okay. But we weren't being hysterical and we weren't being ridiculous. And now it's here. It's also like, yeah. A thing that we said the last episode of Busy Tonight that I think holds true even maybe more so today than it did even then is that it is a marathon, not a sprint. Yes. And you have to keep that in mind, especially when there are situations that feel like major tragedy slash like deflating moments. Yeah. You know, it's still a marathon. We can still keep going. We can still, we have to, we actually have to, we have to. Yeah. I mean, and we have to, we can all, what's the alternative? What's the alternative? And the way that it works now is that there are people that need us to keep going more than ever. There are people that actually need that from us now more than there were last week. So we have to do what we can. We have to do what we can. And yeah, maybe fuck up, maybe say the wrong thing, maybe do something that someone else wouldn't do, but that... But also like to be, I I will just say like a good North Star, a great North Star is... She says this as a person who never shuts the fuck up. (laughs) But a a great North Star is to listen. Mm -hmm. And to take your time in listening and really critically think Mm -hmm. and allow it to sink in and try to remove your own ego from whatever it is that you're like dealing with in that moment, you know, try to remove the piece of you. That's like, I know the way things are, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I definitely have that inclination where I'm like, I get it. I get it. You know, that was like the joke about me on set on Cougars. (laughs) Whenever a director would come over to give me a note, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. 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 Like, I would just say, got it. Like, until they shut the fuck up. Right. Because I always was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I see where I missed it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. I can do it. I can do it. And it was so hard for me to just like, listen to the direction. Because it's uncomfortable. Because it's uncomfortable. And you want that moment to be over. Yeah. And I like 
I'm like a strong person. Yeah. And I'm like, I actually know which, I know the direction. I know the direction. But sometimes you don't fucking know the direction, guys. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Even when you think you know the fucking direction, you don't know the direction. No harm in double checking. No harm. No harm. And no harm in like being able to, instead of just immediately saying, got it. Right. Listening and then asking yourself, not them, do I got it? What does that mean? How can, how can I show up best to support grassroots organizations? How can I amplify voices of others? Right. How can I do my best as an ally? Right. What if I fuck up? How do I make amends? How do I apologize to people? Right. Like all of these things are are not like, these are not the things that are taught in school. Yeah. Why? We're, I I feel like we need like, we need some things taught in school. Well, education would be one. Yeah. Education would be a good start. And then critical race theory. <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> Why? I just. Uh. But one thing I did want to say about removing your ego from something also, if you're able to remove your ego from a situation, you're also able to calmly recognize when someone's trying to belittle you. And when someone is trying to belittle you, they're just trying to take away your power. And so the logical, the logical next step to that is you have power. You have enough power that someone wants to shut it down and take it away from you. So if you can... Take the emotion and take your ego out of when someone's trying to belittle you, which is very hard because that feels bad. It feels as bad as someone telling you that you're wrong when you are wrong. And it feels as bad as owing someone an apology, mm -hmm. but in a different way. But when someone's trying to belittle you, it's because they see that you have power and they want to take it away. And so when someone tells you that you're being ridiculous or that you're being hysterical or that you're making a big deal out of something that shouldn't be a big deal, then why are they saying that? What's the goal of that? What is the goal of someone telling you any of those things? To get you to stop. Right. I just felt like I was in class because <laughs> I had moved away from the microphone for a second. <laughs> And then I felt like I was in back in college. You were leaning back. I was leaning back. Lounging. Like I was in college, guys. <laughs> oh, God. All right. I have to go because I have to go, I guess, go get COVID tests. I don't fucking know. What'd you do your best at this week? Oh, shit. I don't know. I feel like I already said it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that um, I'm trying to, I, I am doing my best at allowing allowing like the feelings and the emotions to not control the consistency of like that it's okay to feel like this is insurmountable it is too much like the world I mean the world everything in the world you know but to know that like you can still, I can still, I can still to remember to like hold on to that I can still 
show up in the ways that I know best. Right. And that it's valuable. And that maybe we don't, maybe it, you know, you know, we have to go back. I have to go back. That's so funny. I have just, I, it just hit me. Like I have to just go back to the, that quote from the Talmud, right? You're not obligated to complete the work, but nor are you free to abandon it. Right. Because I actually think I thought for a second that we would complete <laughs> the work in Just my like lifetime. You, you were immune to COVID. Yeah, that's right. I thought we would like end white supremacy and achieve full equality. Right. In my lifetime. I really thought we would. And I now feel I'm having that like realization that like. Oh, shit. Yeah, no. Mm -mm. That's not probably in the cards. It's a long game. It's like... And that's the game that they've been playing for a really long time. They've been playing the long game. And so then you have to, like, fortify yourself with the idea that you're... Well, what did they say? Planting a seed, like, for a tree that you'll never see grow. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's from Hamilton or what, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) Is it from Hamilton or, like, a shirt at Cracker Barrel? I mean, probably both. (laughs) Somebody did send me like this, like some big, big store has doing my best hat. Yes, I saw that. Okay, guys. I sure. I said those bitches. Fuck you guys. <laughs> Fuck you in this sweatshop <laughs> you wrote it on. We have doing my best merch available at bravegowns.com. It uh proceeds go to a good cause Come and on. they're made Come on. ethically. Come on. So I yeah. I feel like what what's the choice here? Not a choice. Also sort of like similar to our uh, what I don't think they're copying us. I do. I just oh you do sure. <laughs> <laughs> 100%. Like that's just the thing. That's all those companies do. Yeah, that's true. They're just they're just uh they're like they're leeches. Thirsty bitches. They're just leeches. Oh, my gosh. I mean, whatever. Yeah. That's, it's on there. Yeah. That's on them. Yeah. I, the only thing I'm doing my best at this week, not, I mean, a lot of things. Sharing a car with four adults, that's hard. Um, I had pink eye, which ah, was disgusting. Ugh, the worst. But I, I did the mature thing. I was supposed to go see our friend Bendela Krem was performing in Los Angeles. And you didn't go. And I didn't go because I had gross pink eye and I probably could have gotten away with it. But I just thought like, who wants to like, like, it's bad enough that one adult has pink eye. Like to spread no, it around to other adults. Around. No, 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 that's not acceptable. I have to say. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad that you did that. That's a responsible, <laughs> a responsible mean, thing to do. I was like on the tail end of it, but I was like, I gotta call it. Sometimes we just have to miss things that we want to see. But you know what the great thing is? No, Bendelacrem is still on tour, but um, there's a a show that you can view virtually that's taking place in Chicago. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to buy a ticket to see that and watch it on my projector screen. Amazing. So, you know, just not doing all the things I want to do, but being like an adult about it and not crying about it. Yeah. Well, I'm doing my best. Just making it through another day. (laughs) This day. (laughs) 
And I really do have to go because I have to go get COVID tested. You got to go get and, COVID tested uh, for the thing you're doing. I know. And, but guys, we love you. We love you guys. Thank you so much for showing up in so many ways, big and small. And the people that I spoke to at the rally, because then BB and I did stay for the when the marchers showed up. Yeah. It was fun. A lot of energy and people were, they were just doing it. Um, and I talked to lots of pe- pe- people who are listeners of the pod. Uh, one girl who said... That we, you and I, have managed to turn her formerly Republican sister into no longer a Republican. So shout out to you. Wow. Shout Convert. out to you and and your sister, because I bet she had no small part in it. And uh, I would love to hug that person. Maybe. Yeah, me too. And that she's like, they're like, talk. she's talking to her dad. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. getting up in it. Which kind of mix it up, guys. Yeah. That's- Challenge them. Try. Trying. It's, it works sometimes. Trying. <laughs> you gotta try. All right. You gotta go get your COVID go. test. Yeah. We'll talk to you mm-hmm. all soon. We love you so much. We love and, you guys. Uh, I really, and I really was also heartened by like getting those emails from Melissa just saying how this community was so generous of spirit and is doing some great work. And I can't wait to see what the impact will be. I bet it will be huge. Thank you. And I do also want to just say this. That even if the race that you are like raising money for the seat or the whatever, and it what even if they don't win, like it still makes a difference. It makes a difference. So I think the thing that sometimes gets like people get bummed when they like feel like they put all this time and energy and or and money into a cause, and then they feel like the cause doesn't pan out, and then they're like. Well, fuck that. Like, I, right. you know, just the theme of the week is the weirdest expression of all time, but it just keeps coming back to me, which is, guys, we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Right. It moves the needle. It moves the needle. Whether imperceptible or clearly moves the needle, it does. And we, can, we can't keep... I think that there is like a human nature to throw the baby out with the bathwater, but you can't. Right. You got to keep that baby. You got to dry it, dry the baby off. The metaphorical baby. This is a metaphor. You got to put a diaper on it. Yeah. It's going to shit itself. Yeah. If you don't. Yeah. Because not everybody can do it. And so if you can do it, you got to do it because it does move the needle. It lends a seriousness. And by the way, we don't have to win them all. We have to win some. We have to win some. And then continue to show up and win some more. Yes. And then continue to change people's hearts and minds through conversations and asking our kids questions and and challenging one another to think critically about shit. Yeah. I've been challenged by you over the years, Casey, and some of our other friends. Yeah. And I'm always grateful for it. Yeah. So... We love you. We We're love sending you. so much love to Buffalo. Mm. And um, if you have uh, friends or loved ones in Buffalo, hope you're checking in on them. But um, check Instagram for uh, some, even if you don't know anyone in Buffalo, but you're as uh, as saddened as we are by what has happened there. You can look there for, for ways to help if you are able. And um, in the meantime, stay safe. Don't get covid Please Guys, stay, stay safe. I didn't. I didn't love, love to it. our friend Janie Haddad Tompkins. I who saw that. Has, has it right now. And Dave Holmes. Oh, man. Oh, man. The two funnest. All right. We'll talk to you next week. We love you. Bye. We love you. Bye. Bye. 
Oh no. 